This is the Kirk Student Ministry Podcast, where we will discuss what is happening in youth culture today and apply biblical perspective to the questions that you, our listeners, may be asking as parents raising your youth in this culture. We will be seeking to answer the questions of our parents involved at the Kirk through gospel-centered conversations with experts in the field and application of useful resources. If you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe to this podcast or find any of our online resources Welcome back to the Kirk Student Ministry Podcast. I am here with Andrew Schoenhoff and Noah Wiersma. Uh, they are coming in as our athletic sports gurus. Um, they have have tons of experience and a lot of expertise in the sports world as athletes and also as Christians. And so they're kind of coming to talk and bring their wisdom to us. Um, but I want to first just let them introduce themselves. What is their experience? Um, what uh, what do you have on your belt thus far? Uh, thanks, John, for having us on. Um, I'm Noah, and in terms of thus far, I played uh, soccer all the way growing up. My dad is currently a high school soccer coach, so kind of have that in the family. Been around my whole life. Um, played in college all four years, varsity, and then have you know, found playing after college a little bit. Um, have a couple teams up here in St. Louis that I play with and play with the seminary. And I've, I've coached a couple of times here and there, um, but just student of the game of soccer, basically. I'm Andrew. Uh, swimming and water polo were my thing. So growing up, like in grade school and stuff, you know, played all the sports and was on a swim team. But then it wasn't until I got to high school that they had water polo. And I would never played it before, but just sort of took to the sport. Uh, played in high school and then played in college um, out in NCAA team out in Pennsylvania. Spent some summers playing in Los Angeles during college for a, a club out there. And then after, after college, had an opportunity to play overseas. So I played two seasons in the New Zealand National League and then one season in the German Water Polo League. And now, mood bag, now it's mostly coaching. I coach at uh, Parkway Central. Uh, we're in boys swim season now. I also coach water polo season in the spring and then coach a club team in the winter for water polo. And um, so it's mostly coaching, but I still, still play a bit. Uh, there's a master's team in St. Louis that we still get in with and travel with a little bit. All right, well, I'm John, um, I'm the host today. Um, our staff is not with us, but I'm also coming in with um, a few years experience cross country, track, running um, in general, ran all the way through college a little bit after and been coaching for almost a decade and um, all over St. Louis on different levels. So um, yeah, we're just going to talk a little bit. What does it mean to pursue a sport or to pursue athletics and be a Christian? So. Um, why don't y'all just first talk about how y'all got exposed uh, to your sports? You know, why why did you choose what you did, and um, and how did you come to a point to where you said this is what I want to do for a while? So, with me with water polo, like I said, it was my freshman year that you know it sort of combined a couple of the sports that I had already played, and so you know had a little bit of success those first couple of years of high school. But I still remember when I was looking at these questions earlier today, um, I remember like the junior year in high school, or I don't remember exactly what year it was, but somebody saying to me like, like oh, Andrew, you're, you're the water polo guy, right? 
And I remember like being like, oh yeah, all right, I'm the water polo guy. <laughs> like I'm sort of known for, you know, known for the sport. And I mean, the majority of my playing career, I wasn't a Christian yet. And um, I felt pretty nice to identify with that. And I'd done most of my college search based upon the fact that I wasn't going to play in college. And then the 11th hour, I was like, no, I think I'd regret it if I didn't play in college. So, you know, pursued the, pursued, you know, playing in college in CAA. And then after that, um, you know, with the abroad stuff, again, just, just didn't, wasn't ready to be done. Wanted to keep playing. Yeah. I Man, from the start, really. Uh, my dad likes to joke that I, I came out of the womb with shin guards on, is what, he, is what he always says. But my first word was ball, as in a soccer ball. So definitely all around That's it. awesome. Um, so in some ways it was expected, but I, I did have siblings that didn't do it after a while, and they stopped. But I just enjoyed it. I, I loved it. Um, watched it on TV, went out and played. Um, just, yeah, really loved it. And, you know, we moved around a lot, and... You know, we moved right before my high school years, and so we moved from a really good soccer city to a not-as-great soccer city. Um, and so I was one of the better players when we moved, and it was like, well, clearly I'm going to go on and continue and go on in college. So, um, But it was, I really enjoyed having that, that opportunity. So for me, it was expected, but at some point, I don't know where it was along the line, I just said that, you know, this is what I want to do, and I enjoy this for myself. Yeah. So how much of your, Andrew, you, you talked a little bit about that, your love of the sport kind of dictated what you did for college, like where you went and what you did. How much of that played a role for you, Noah? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I knew I wanted to play in college. Um, it was a question of, do I want to go to a bigger school and attempt to walk on, or do I want to go to a smaller school where my place is secure and has a lot of other options. So just to kind of lay all my cards out, I was looking at three schools, uh, Mid-American Nazarene in Kansas, UK in Kentucky, and Covenant College, where I ended up going. Um, visited, you know, saw the teams at each. In Mid-American, I got to practice with the team and did an ID camp in Kentucky and, and knew that, you know, I could go to the big school, but my position was uncertain. I'd have to work really hard and make that the thing of my college years. Mm-hmm. Um, and decided against that because I wanted other things in my college experience. Mm. So what was y'all's parents' role in kind of deciding sports and you know how to engage, how much to engage and invest time in it and um, also influence to continue to pursue it um, through college and after college even? Um, did they play themselves? What was that like? You know, my my family. I was born in Indiana, and my dad was a big time basketball player, along with all the other Hoosiers. And um, my dad jokes around sometimes that, you know, if if you had told him, you know, like when he was our age or something, or when he was a young father, like if you had told him that, you know, his favorite sport to follow and watch, and you know how many hours he was going to spend watching water polo being played, you know, he would have told you you were crazy. Um, because obviously basketball was life. You know, he was Indiana, it's basketball, basketball, basketball. So, you know, water polo, obviously it's a bit more of an obscure sport, so it's not it's not the ones where you've got, you know, hundreds of kids playing from these early, early club, these early club you know, age groups and everything like that. 
Um, so it wasn't something from a young, young age that I had to dedicate like tons of time and like off season time and like that too. But once I hit college, like, I mean, it was really, it was my focus. Um, and so, you know, I was traveling around to different tournaments and playing year round and, and my, my parents, I mean, they're supportive of it. They'd come to games wherever we were and, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, um, it was just so available. You know, my dad was coaching high school, so I was around it. He was coaching club, so I was around club. Um, in high school, I was doing the Olympic development program for the state of Kentucky, yeah. and he was coaching in that as well. You know, he had, his personal story, he also played at Covenant College, uh, and, and, and then he went and did a little bit after college but had some injuries. Um, so he has his A coaching license, which is as high as you can go. Um, in a like non-professional kind of way, so um, it was always available. They were more than willing. It was mostly it was him because he was already there, you know. But my mom was more than willing to, to drive us. And I had another sister who uh, she just finished up playing in college. So when we were both in high school, um, she's a couple years younger. You know, one parent would be with me, one parent would be with her. If it was high school season, it'd be my dad because he was coaching me. If it was club season, it'd be probably my mom. So it just kind of depended. What was it like to have your dad as a coach? a good question um there are two ways to think about it you know people i say either he's harder on you than everyone else or he's easier on you than everyone else um and for me he was harder on me because he knew the level that i could get to he wasn't going to settle for anything less than my full effort you know he knew what it looked like for me to be going through the motions um so there's definitely some some times where i got yelled at and chewed out because he knew that I just didn't, I wasn't playing like I cared. Yeah. Um, so that was, that had its own ups and downs. And, you know, being a captain my senior year and trying to deal with some things that I knew were going on on the team and trying to figure out how to talk to my dad as a parent versus as a coach. And mm -hmm. it's just some interesting things to navigate. Would you, would you ever pick your dad as a coach again? I would. I definitely would. Based upon the other coaches I've had, the way, that he treats his players yeah. and the way that he wants the game of soccer to be played, I really respect, especially going off and playing in college and seeing yeah. other ways of doing things. Yeah, I, I had my dad as a coach, not in my sport of choice, but I definitely had him as a coach growing up in uh, baseball. And um, it was definitely unique, uh, unique experience. I definitely loved him as a coach, uh, but it's definitely a different dynamic. At that point, he's not uh, not as much dad and more coach and so it's a it's a hard thing to balance um and so i know a lot of our parents may be um may be going through that right now so uh, it's um it's always a, a complicated thing and everybody's experience is a little bit different but um from your experience um let's just say 10 plus maybe 20 plus years um i'm not exactly sure how old you are sean Hoff, but i'm gonna say that you know i have 20 plus years um, and uh, you're a little bit older than me. Um, so I'm sure y'all suffered injury um, or loss. You've lost a game um, or you've, you've missed out on something um, because of the sport. What would you say was the greatest struggle that you had to deal with that was directly correlated to your sport? For me, um, yeah, obviously there were injuries here and there. I never had one where like I had to have surgery and was out for like months and months and months. I've had a lot of shoulder issues. I've had a lot of neck issues. Um, 
but there wasn't one that like you know sat me out for a whole season or anything like that. But for me, like the greatest struggle, I guess, was um, you know never really, never really reaching that mountaintop. You know, in, in high school, we were a better than average team, and um, and I think that's one of the reasons that really fueled me to like, all right, I need to play in college. In college, we. You know, I started my, like I said, I started my college search in the 11th hour, and so I only really looked at a couple of schools, and then I, I went to the to Mercyhurst University, um, and we were a below average, like if you look at the, you know, the scope of, you know, the landscape of college water polo, we were below average, and over the course of my four years there, like we really stepped up our game in my senior year, like that was going to be it, like we had the team, we had the amount of returners, and then within like the Within like two weeks leading up to preseason, we had you know, one guy have sol- uh, shoulder surgery. We had another guy who had to stay at home that year because like his mom was really sick and needed to be close to her. We had another guy who a Canadian guy who his dad you know pulled him and wanted him to go to the University of Toronto, and another guy who um, this foreigner who came and then decided like that our university didn't have the program they wanted so he left so you know we were like set up to have this awesome team and like we were finally gonna like achieve our big lofty goals for the season and then we just it sort of like all fell flat and so I think that's what pushed me then to travel abroad and play afterwards and I just figured I'd do the one year in New Zealand and my first season we were we were leading the league throughout the regular season. We were number one going into the dis- in, into the the tournament, postseason tournament, and we ended up just choking. And so I went back for another year, and then said, "All right." After that year, I was like, "All right, I need to need to go somewhere else." So I went to Germany, and um, so you know, just never really being on that team that that really you know won the championship or you know achieved our our goals, whatever we had set for ourselves. Um, that was sort of, I mean, that was disappointing. Yeah. And so that was probably the, the biggest thing, you know, throughout different teams. And now it's the same thing with coaching. <laughs> you know, it's like we're just trying to turn that corner, and it's, it's hard. Um, and obviously there are more important things than your wins and losses, but that's yeah. you know, something you're, you're pushing for as well. Yeah. yeah. I definitely identify that for sure externally just – was in a lot of teams that had great potential and fulfilled yeah. some of it, but didn't get where they could right. have. Um, did have an injury my junior year, so I got into the third game of the season. But it's a happy story. We came back, uh, came back towards the end of the season, played in the playoffs, scored some important goals. Um, but internally, I've had a kind of a struggle throughout my soccer playing career, and um, it started fairly early. I can remember I had a. We used to have tournaments over a weekend, and we'd have three games on Saturday. And if you won the group play, you'd play semis on Sunday and finals on Sunday. So it was a third game of a Saturday. Uh-huh. We'd lost the first two games. We were losing the third game, and I was just frustrated. I was just mad. And so I you know, took the ball, you know, tackled it off somebody, went up the field, basically had no disre- I had total disregard for the people that were around me. Um, and... Afterwards, somebody told me that was the best that I ever played. Um, but I also knew in that moment that I didn't care if I had injured that guy. And I didn't care if, I just didn't care at that mm-hmm. point. So uh, so for a long time I had to wrestle, what, what does it look like to care, but not kind of let it control. And so, you know, I, I tone it down and then I, you know, then I hear it from somebody that I'm not playing like I want to play. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and then I'd tone it up and I'd have too much. So uh, trying to find that sweet spot was, was really hard for me. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think sports struggles are a um, – it's, it's almost why we do sport and, and what I mm. think, you know. We don't do the sport because it's easy. Um, in any sport, we can talk about. Anybody can argue that one sport's better than the other. We're th- we're three guys in a room. We all did different sports. I could say a lot of bad things about soccer. I could say a lot of bad things about water polo and all the stereotypes that come with those guys. They could say a lot of things about me as well. Um, but I think the struggle is what really separates you know pursuing athletics or pursuing sports, whether you're good at them or not. Um, what separates it as a, a, a viable way um, to spend some of your time in middle school, high school, college, whatever it is, as it, it teaches you to overcome those struggles. Um, I think for me, I would have said early on, it was definitely the injuries. It was definitely the loss of championships. We came second place three out of four years in high school. Um, and, and then in college, you know, um, we did hit some high moments. We hit some very low moments. Um, we had teammates go to prison, like all this stuff. Probably for the biggest thing for me, it was actually letting go of the fact that I'm never going to be at the level that I used to be. Um, and some of that was my own choice, but also just coming to the realization that that time of my life is probably done um, and kind of closing the book. I can still run. I can still be competitive, but... Um, and that's a recent feeling for me, you know, just kind of realizing, yeah, I'll probably never get down to, you know, national qualifying times again. Um, and I had to be okay with that. Um, but with the suffering, with the, the overcoming of things, um, what, what helped y'all get over those hurdles? What helped y'all get over those, uh, those painful things, uh, the, the hardships? Um, what got you through it? I think for me, um, I had to come to a realization that soccer wasn't all there is. Because it's easy to feel that when you're in the heat of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but taking the time to say to yourself, even in that moment, it's just a game. And that doesn't mean you're not going to give 100%. Um, but it means that the outcome doesn't have to ruin the rest of your day. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, the question is, how much of a hold are you going to give this on you? Because ideally, you you hold the sport that you play, but if if we're not careful, it holds us hmm. in a in a way. So, um, I think definitely as my relationship with Christ has deepened, I've been able to see sports as a joy and physical activity as a joy, uh, and something to work hard in as working for the Lord, but not the end all be all, and you know where my worth is. It's not an easy process hmm. for sure. Yeah, I'd echo that. Um, so I, I became a Christian when I was 22 is when I really, really took hold of the gospel. So while I was 22, when I was living and playing in New Zealand, and, um, and I remember like you know, during my, my time in New Zealand sort of, you know, really addressing that for the first time, like, all right, you know, water polo. And really, so, you know, started thinking about it then again as, you know, it, it's, it's a game. Um, and obviously there are awesome lessons to be learned but you know, it's one of the things that's really sort of helped me get that. At this point, has been you know the the coaching. Um, you know, you start thinking about like, all right, what is my coaching philosophy? Like, what's the most important thing here? And let's be honest, like when you're a high school kid, you know, in that moment, like you said, in the heat of that moment, 
there is no more important thing than that game or, you know, against this rival or, you know, wanting to score this many goals or whatever. Um, but, but really, it helped me, you know, because I'm trying to coach this now. It helped me to sort of try to take a step back from the game. It's, all right, what, what's, what's really important here? You know, what are the, the lessons to be learned through this sport, through this avenue, you know, wins, losses, goals scored aside? What is that one lesson? Well, it's not necessarily one lesson, but I mean, I mean that's one of the reasons I love sports so much. Is obviously we live in a society where, you know, entertainment for a kid is just you know one click away or one you know finger swipe away or whatever. And and this is something. I mean, the only way to get better at soccer, the only way to get better at running or water polo, whatever it is, is to put the time in. I mean, so learning, like you said, how to work hard, and then obviously. You know, attitudes that reflect the gospel, being a humble winner. Um, there are I mean, those games where you're just playing a weaker opponent and you're going to win by it. And it's it's easy to sort of start that little swagger a little bit or like, you know, when you're dropping, you know, however many goals or, you know, just playing really well. But being a humble winner, being a gracious loser when you are matched against those, you know, better teams. So there's, there's so many things about sports that have gospel values and gospel truths in them that, that can be learned through, through the sport. So what would, you tell, what would you tell a student who has a coach um, that doesn't see it that way, that um, says you need to win at all cost? I was talking with a pretty predominant athlete from high school, or he, he was in high school and he went on to play Division One, and he ended up quitting because his, his coach was um, uh, speaking a different language he didn't he didn't understand, meaning he wanted him to act in a certain way that he didn't believe in. Um, and so he ended up quitting the team. Um, so if you have a coach that is like that, who is telling you, win at all costs, I don't care what you got to do, go against your moral code, go against your faith, go against what you believe, um, how does an athlete who doesn't get to choose their coach respond to that? Or the parent respond to that? Right, I mean, that, that's such a shame that, that the kid quit his sport because of the, the impact of the coach. I mean, um, and I guess it's hard to say without knowing the specifics of the situation, but I mean, obviously you should do, I mean, I tell my kids in the very first day of practice, you know, the first day of the season, um, at the start of the season, you know, water polo is, is not number one. You know, it's not number one in my life. I don't expect to be number one in yours. Um, but at the same time, we're going to do everything we can. We're going to prepare as much as we can, conditioning, drills, etc in order to win as many games as possible. Like we're gonna do everything we can to be successful in, in water polo terms, but there are bigger things here. So, um, you know, to that coach, like yes, you should continue preparing um, and striving to win at all costs. I don't, I don't think that's wrong in sport, um, but obviously if, if that comes through the avenue of playing dirty or, you know, whatever, um, something that, like you said, goes against what the Lord commands, well, then that, that's, where, that's where you have to make a stand. And hopefully it doesn't come to something as far as quitting the team. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there are more important things there. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's definitely a tough situation. 
I haven't had anything nearly like that. I've had some coaches that I haven't seen eye to eye with for for certain reasons, but um, I think it's there's no easy solution there. So even if you say I'm going to work as hard as I can, but still play in a God glorifying way, you're not guaranteed to play just because of the way the coach, you know, is is handling things. And I guess in some ways it goes back to that question: Are sports ultimate or not? Because if you can hold them not as ultimate, then you know that there's a life after that. Mm-hmm. It's it's obviously difficult, and um, yeah, definitely definitely a tough situation. Mm-hmm. So I think um, our cult, I, I would say, our culture has deemed a, a term called a Christian athlete. You know, um, like we could probably all say we've probably claimed that name before. I'm a Christian athlete. Um, how would how would you identify how how would you describe that or define that um, based off what you know of being what a Christian is, but how would the culture um, manipulate that or change that? Um, so just laying those side by side. So you're a Christian athlete under probably a, possibly a non-Christian coach. So how do you respond? Um, what is your role in that? I think the term is interesting because are you a Christian who's an athlete? Are you an athlete who happens to be a Christian? You know, what is your primary identity there? Um, and hopefully it's that you are a Christian and that everything flows from that. The ability to be a good athlete, the ability to and put in the work and effort that we've talked about comes from what you believe about the way the world works. Um, and so... I think the world would kind of say, you can be an athlete and do whatever it is athletically and say you're a Christian and do a couple external things that look Christian and then we'll, we'll classify you as a Christian athlete. Whereas to be a true Christian athlete, not only are you externally showing that in the way that you prepare, in the way that you perform, but internally how you're holding where you are, how you're holding victory, like like Sean Hoff said, how you're holding victory, how you're holding defeat, you know, what does it mean to you, what does it not mean to you? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it, and externally, it's it's not necessarily going to look look a whole different, um, but it's it's those conversations after the game with your teammates um, where that stuff should come out and. Um, or it's the, the, the preparation, um, you know, responding to those struggles. And just, you know, the, the internal side is, yes, you know, all athletes should work hard. Um, but it's a, it's a different mindset. It's a, all right, God has given me these gifts, and I want to use them to the fullest of my ability. And, you know, it's not going to be that different than a, Christian who is in politics or a Christian who's a teacher or a Christian who's a, you know, whatever, you know, business owner, whatever, you know, occupation you have. Obviously, you want to be successful in that occupation or you want to be successful as an athlete, but it's, it's you know, the, the little details and it's the, the mindset and the attitude and the, the heart attitude of doing it to glorify the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think also I'll say that being an athlete gives a very 
gives a lot of opportunities to show the gospel. That's mm-hmm. kind of what we've been saying is there are opportunities you don't get elsewhere. You know, there are not other there are not a lot of other places in life where things will get as heated as they do playing sports. And so the way you react in that moment can speak volumes to somebody about things outside of the sports arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's not a lot of other places where you get that many opportunities to show the love of Christ in such a condensed amount of time. You know, be it 90 minutes or be it a race or, you know, water public, whatever it is. There are definitely instances to your teammates, to the opposing team, to the referees, right? How you treat those who are officiating to your coaches, they're constant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's almost one of those things where in a way when you play sports, you are putting your faith out there. Mm. in a way that it's going to become clear how you're really holding things mm. uh, just because it's an intense situation. I think this is key. I think y'all are, what I'm hearing y'all say is being a Christian, whether a Christian athlete or a Christian businessman or a Christian, <laughs> being a Christian surpasses anything after that. So being a Christian athlete just means you're a Christian on the athletic field. Um, and, and in that scenario, what does it mean to be a Christian as an athlete? Um, or to be a Christian mathematician? We'll go with that. Um, and what does it mean to be a Christian while doing math? Um, and so that's what it means. And what I hear the culture pushing back when they hear the term, I'm a Christian athlete, it means they're going to pray before and after. They're going to pray when someone gets injured, take a, take a knee. Um, but they're also a little, they're, they're not quite as good. Um, and so in some ways, they, what I, my experience is a Christian athlete is second rate. They can be pretty good, but not the best. And we've seen a few that have gone on to be the best. Uh, but I think what, what we need to get from this and what I hear from y'all and what I, I totally agree with is that being um, a Christian athlete isn't we're second-rate um, second athletes. It's more of there is something greater to grasp from sports. That, you know, you perform to your best, but if, it, if performing your best hinders your faithfulness, you need to, you need to submit to the Lord in that. And so... It's hard to do that in our world. It's, it's mm-hmm. very hard because when you do get in, that adrenaline flowing um, and, you know, somebody has kicked you wrong or pulled you underwater um, or spiked me, um, you want to retaliate immediately because your adrenaline's through the roof at that moment. Um, and then maybe later you regret it and you want to repent, which is a good response, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes we can't control our passions and desires um, in the moment. Um, but and it, it goes the other way, too. I mean, yeah. in terms of the, the, the struggles, because if you're, if you're succeeding, if you're doing well, uh-huh. that's just all the opportunity in the world. Just be prideful, prideful, prideful. You know, if, if, you, if you've put the hard work in and, you know, you score a bunch of goals or whatever, you know, you get, you get the eyes of the world, you know, lifting you up and glorifying you and so it's staying it's the struggles are there when things aren't going well and you're mad in the heat of that moment and the struggles are just as much you know just as potent when you're performing well um it's fun to win dangers on either side exactly it's fun to win yeah yeah Mm -hmm. 
Well, we're about out of time. Do you all have anything else you want to talk about? Um, there's probably a lot of things we could. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you had anything lingering. Um, and that will kind of wrap up. I think it's also worthwhile to recognize how much in Scripture the athlete is talked about. It's just, a, it's just an analogy that people get. doesn't matter if you're there in biblical times or you're here now. We kind of get what it means to be an athlete and to work hard. Um, so I just, you know, there's a lot of passages, but uh, it's fascinating to see how um, biblical writers take the idea of training hard, but taking it to the ultimate thing and saying, but what are you striving after? Oh, what are you doing? while you're striving after Christ. How do you work at that? How do you discipline your body? How do you keep it under control? Hmm. Uh, so it's it's definitely a, a place where you specifically see the gospel at work, but really needs it as well, because like you said, you've got, you got a target. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here, guys. This was super helpful. Hopefully, to our listeners, this was helpful for y'all. If you have any questions, um, these guys um, have phones, and they would love to talk to you on the phone.